Hello, and welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. This is your host, Doug Heikkinen. The Permission to Succeed podcast is about learning from and being inspired by people who found that point in their lives to throw all caution aside and just go for it. The genesis of this podcast is based on the great appreciation for the lives of Muhammad Ali and Dr. Martin Luther King and their world-changing impact. The Permission to Succeed podcast is brought to you by Irish.xyz, the most helpful place for advisors to come to to grow their businesses and their minds. Power your advice at Iris. And our guest today is Jason Barsima from Halo Investing. Hey, Jason. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. What the heck is Halo Investing? (laughs) Halo is a global financial technology company centered around the $3 trillion market called Structured Notes. And for those of us who are trying to figure out what structured notes are. You've spent your life kind of in those, so what are they? What the heck are structured notes? Uh, that's, that's the question that we get uh, most. Yeah, structured notes are the biggest market that no one's ever heard of. So as I mentioned, uh, it's a $3 trillion market globally. And structured notes are investments that are issued by a bank that offer investors a level of downside investment protection against market declines. So how do they differ from mutual funds or ETFs or things like that? Yeah, so structured notes, you know, again, are, are packaged by banks. So when you look at a mutual fund or you look at an ETF, you're usually getting what we call, you know, delta one exposure or long exposure. So you're writing the market up or the underlying exposure up on the ETF or the mutual fund, typically one for one. But most importantly, you're writing the market down one for one. Structured notes can act as insurance around your investments or around your portfolio that again, offer a level of downside investment protection. So if the market declines, you have that comfort of a cushion on the downside. Now, structured notes is, and the reason why many people have never heard of them, is it's a relatively new asset class in the United States. So, you know, structured notes were born in Europe, specifically in Switzerland, where they become very popular in the 1970s, but really didn't come across the pond, as they say, until 2003. It's when you look at structured notes and how they're manufactured by these banks, while it's a huge market, it couldn't be any more manual and clunky to assemble these products, distribute these products, to buy these products. And, and what Halo has done is come in and insert a technology into the manufacturing, the distribution, and the consumption process for advisors. So we can remove a lot of the fees and costs to manufacture these products. And when you remove all these costs, you can pass the savings on to the customer in regards to better investment terms. And most importantly, lower notional minimum sizes to buy. So lower minimum investment sizes is really, really important. Prior to Halo, these products were only distributed and consumed within the big private banks. And, and so, Doug, as, as you know, I spent my career at Credit Suisse yep. you know, managing portfolios for ultra high net worth individuals and institutions. And structured products were about 20% of my asset allocations. Um, so why structured products? How do, what's the interest in there from you? Is it, is it because they're complex and that's the way your mind works? No, for me, is once you're wealthy, you never want to go back. Right? <laughs> and, and, and volatility makes everybody sick. And, and my family's been very blessed in our lives. And we do have a family office. And structured products are about 25% of my asset allocations and have been for the last you know, 10 plus years, well before I started Halo. And what my clients really liked about structured products is you can get some of these you know, uncertain macro events such as Brexit, such as the financial crisis, such as the macro uncertainty that we're dealing with right now in the political and financial you know, environment. And that downside protection can help us all sleep a little bit better at night because if the market declines, I still have that downside protection without having to sacrifice too much on the upside uh, if the market continues to appreciate. 
And so, you know, to, to take a step back, you know, structured nodes, uh, you know, prior to Halo were, were kind of assembled very similar to how cars were before Henry Ford's assembly line. So if you talk about buying a structured product, you'd have a, a desk of, of bankers, you know, at a Wall Street bank, say a Citigroup or a Credit Suisse or a Goldman Sachs, where they're manually packaging these things, constructing these things, pricing these things, and like I said, distributing these things. And so what Halo's done is really create that Henry Ford's assembly line, and again, not only to remove and remove a lot of costs and improve pricing, but deal with a major social impact and social problem that I have in this country, which is most of America doesn't have access to downside investment protecting their portfolio, and technology can democratize the product and allow everybody, independent advisors, retail, you know, retail consumers, and private bankers to have access to structured products. So how do you talk to advisors about structured products and are they open to them or kind of like, I, I don't stay away from this stuff? No, I, I, I think that they're very open to them. You know, structured products are growing, you know, very quickly within the United States. It's now a $400 billion market in the United States. About $62 billion of structured notes are issued every single year. And we're at a very interesting time in the market now with stocks at all-time highs and bond yields at all-time lows. Many advisors are looking at their portfolios and saying, geez, you know, I don't want to slam money to work in the equity markets right now, given valuations. And I also don't want to buy bonds because interest rates are at all-time lows around the world. You know, the 10-year treasury notes trading at, you know, 206 basis points right now. And what's really interesting about structured notes is that they bridge that risk gap. So they're kind of right between stocks and bonds, if you think about a risk spectrum. And, and, and they can provide a really nice tool and, I think, solution uh, if the market continues to go up, you can achieve that upside. If the market goes down, you know, you can still derive a level of income and downside protection. What I thought maybe might be helpful, Doug, is talk about how I use them in my portfolio, if, if that makes sense, Let's and give, and give you it. an example. And so one that I recently bought um, is what I call a growth note. Very easy to understand, and it's kind of like insurance around my, my passive uh, equity exposure. So... I always used to educate my clients that if you can understand four variables, you can understand any structure note out there. And that first variable is called maturity. So every structure note, like a bond, has a maturity date. The terms only matter at maturity. Maturities can be six months to 10 years. The advisor picks it. Typical maturities in this country are three to five years, to put that in perspective. The second variable is called the underlying asset, meaning every structure note is linked to the performance of an underlying asset. That underlying asset could be a stock like Apple, it could be an ETF like SPY, an index, a commodity, interest rate, or currency. Really anything that you want. What's kind of cool about Halo is that we provide access and exposure to 2,500 different underlines in the United States, when typically if you work with a major you know, Wall Street private bank, you could only get access to you know, 20 to 25 underlines. And our technology allows us to scale that process, so they're able to issue structured notes to a whole host of different underlines. So the third variable is the payoff. Right, so what do I get? And, and that, that payoff can uh, come in the form of an upside participation rate and the upside you know, appreciation of, of the market, or it can come in a fixed return paid out like a, like a bond yield. So you get a quarterly fixed return. And so that's the payoff. The fourth is the protection, which is why we all buy structured notes. So every structured note comes with a level of downside investment protection. If at maturity, as long as the underlying asset is not down by more than the protection amount, the investor gets his or her principal back, right? If the underlying is down by more than the protection amount, the investor is either fully or partially exposed to the loss of the underlying, just as they would be if they own the underlying asset itself. 
the major opportunity costs with structured products is the dividend. You do not get dividends, and that's really important to understand. So getting back into a product that I just bought from my family office, which I think a lot of your listeners would be interested uh, in hearing about, is a growth note linked to the S&P 500. So this is U.S. large cap core exposure in my portfolio. I sold passive S&P 500 exposure to buy this note. So the maturity was five years. It was linked to the S&P 500. Gave me 110% of the upside of the S&P 500 uncapped. So if the S&P is up 100% at maturity, it's up 110. Uh, if the S&P is up 10%, it's up 11, right? And then on the downside, it had 25% hard protection. So if the S&P is down 0 to 25, I'm down nothing. If the S&P is down 26, I'm down 1. I start participating after the hard protection. And for me, and the way I look at it in my portfolio is, it's passive with, you know, it's just passive with protection. Why would I buy the S&P 500 when I can buy it with enhanced upside and a level of downside investment protection? That's pretty cool. And so, you know, what advisors can do is that they can do this in, in every sub-asset class within their portfolio. And this is how I helped to build my practice at Credit Suisse, is that I do that for, you know, I don't believe in active management in U.S. large cap core. It's very difficult to, to you know, outperform the S&P 500. But I still do believe in alpha in many different asset classes. Take, in, take for example, small caps, right? So my family office has a, uh, an allocation of small caps of about 5%. I will take... 3% and put it to an active SMA manager because I still do believe in alpha in that asset class. And then I'll take 2% and I'll layer on a very similar growth note that I just explained to you right on top. Are you finding advisors are interested in the investing part of their practices anymore or more interested in client relationships and outsourcing that part? Mm, that's a really good question. And so I would say it's 50-50. I think that you get a lot of advisors and, and Halo is fortunate enough to work with advisors across five continents. So we work with banks and broker dealers and independent advisors and everything in between. When you look at the independent advisor market, many of our customers are still very much focused on the asset allocation part, you know, and, and that's their bread and butter. Now, I think where the, the trend is changing is the advisor who thinks, oh, I have access to a particular product that's going to allow my business to be differentiated. Those days are over. Right, structured products were were once only you know held and being able to be consumed at the private banks, and now with Halo, we democratize that. So all RIs can have access. iCapital is another great example for alternative investments. Right, so this product access and building your business off of product access is, is over. I still do see you know a big focus on being a true asset manager, especially where we're at in the market. You know, as I mentioned, active management struggled over the last nine years, but Late stage in the cycle typically is where active management can, can outperform you know, the passive management side. Now, I think taking from my own perspective, the focus on the relationship and the focus on solutions is also very important, right? You can outsource allocations to CIOs and OCIOs, and, and that's relatively common. There's, there's a group here that my family personally uses uh, called Demand Schneider. They do that for RIAs all over the country. They have their model asset allocations. A lot of RIAs subscribe to those and they outsource that, you know, that, that portfolio allocation part to, to, to mail. And then they really focus on the relationship management, the trust and estate planning, the retirement planning. And I think that that's really helpful because given the current tax environment in this country, you know, we shouldn't, as advisors and as a former advisor, we shouldn't overlook the importance of you know, tax efficiency and retirement planning and estate planning, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what do you think is the future of the financial advisor? 
I think that the financial advisor has a strong future in the United States. Um, I run a technology company, so I have every incentive to say that technology is going to disrupt and, and remove the human in every way. But even in structured notes, the human still plays a very important role. In my business, structured products are still complex. While we provide a software platform that allow people to click the trade for $1,000 minimums, down from $3 million, people like yourself still want to talk to someone like me or my team to make sure they understand the product and where it goes in the portfolio. Just as we talked about, that's no different with asset allocation in general. I always used to think of myself at Credit Suisse as not as much as a, an asset allocator, but more of a psychologist, right? So when you get the Brexits of the world and my father calls me and says, oh my gosh, you know, the market's down 3% on Friday. And, you know, as we all remember during Brexit and everyone was freaking out, one, pointing to structure notes in my portfolio helped alleviate a lot of that stress and that concern. So I said, it's okay. 20% of the portfolio is protected. We're not even close to the protection amounts that we have in the portfolio. But in general, explain to a client that macro blips are macro blips, right? They're impossible to price. They're impossible to model. But over time, you know, we think those, 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 risks, those risks subside. And, and I think that the psychology element plays an important role. To give you a quick example, on February 10th of, um, of 2018, if, if we remember volatility was through the roof, right? XID, that volatility ETF blew up, uh, VIX shot up to 50, everyone was freaking out, right? And when you go onto some of the robo-platforms, there's a lot of reports that the robo-platforms actually crashed because so many people were trying to log in and sell, right? And sell everything. Now with the financial advisor, Doug has the opportunity to call Jason and say, Doug, it's okay. Instead of selling, we should be buying. And that the market is not, you know, coming to an end and playing that important psychology role, I, I think is critical in, in long-term portfolio management. Trying to time the market is, 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 is very troubling and very cumbersome, I think, and, and, and probably not the most optimal way to manage portfolios. So being a technologist and in, in the industry with so many advisors having trouble with technology, um, don't know what to adopt, don't know how to implement and then the future coming at them with all these millennials, um, that's a huge problem facing them. Absolutely. I think that all advisors need to be able to adopt and embrace technology. And we do it in our personal lives, right? Talk to any advisor. Most of us use Amazon. You know, most of us use our Bloomberg app on our phones when back in the day it was only our terminals, right? And I think that technology plays a very important role, whether it's asset allocation, performance reporting, or product access. I think that's the benefit of, of some of the big RA aggregators and the custodians, which we work very closely with. You know, one of our closest partners is Dynasty, and Dynasty does a great job of being able to vet and understand the appropriate technology that would be suitable for their advisors and, more importantly, their customers. And, and that's why Dynasty and Halo have a very, very close partnership. And Dynasty does a great job with that across all you know, different tech providers and, and different product classes. I think when you're looking to become an independent, don't overlook the benefits of, you know, uh, of having and associating yourself with, with an aggregator such as a dynasty, such as a Hightower, who's another partner of ours, or even, you know, Fidelity, uh, a Pershing or TD Ameritrade, again, all, all close partners of ours and, and utilize our technology in, in many different ways. I think you have the ability to have some really, really smart people and, and some people who know the industry really well help vet that for you. Your, your views are certainly interesting. Who is going to come along and bust this um, financial services industry wide open? From what perspective? From a technology perspective or, or from a 
innovation from a disruptive, from a Amazon, like this is all, it's going to work like this now. I'm, I am a believer in that camp, right? I, I don't think that advisors are going away. And, and again, that's, that's my humble opinion. But I do see a rise of the internet giants um, playing a very important role within financial management. So Halo has an office in Singapore. Asia is a very important region of ours. You know, fun fact about structured products is $500 billion of structured goods are traded every year in Asia uh, compared to $62 billion in the United States. But, you know, when you look at the likes of Alibaba, Right, and, and not only what they've done with Ant, but also on the wealth management side. Baba let, uh, launched wealth management about five or six years ago, and they have 400 million customers. See? 400 million, right? And who's going to do that here? And who do you think, right? The Amazons, the Facebooks, and the Googles. And you, there's a lot of studies out there, not just the millennial studies, and I'm using air quotes, but of, of who do you trust, right? Do you trust your private bank? Do you trust the Wall Street bank? Which, no, and I'm not here to poo-poo any Wall Street bank because they are important product providers of us on the structured note side. But are you going to trust the banks that, you know, have, have had some issues during the financial crisis, right, in regards to product and product placement and distribution? Or are you going to trust Amazon? And a lot of the studies out there say, I would trust Amazon more than I would trust a Wall Street bank. And I'm not here to say whether that's true or not. Those, those are just the studies. I think that Amazon owns so much part, you know, such a large part of our lives. Financial products and financial services are just a, a natural gateway. And, and this isn't new, right? They're already getting into it. There was a really interesting Barron's article a year ago that, that had uh, a picture of J.P. Morgan Chase's website. And then they circled every thing that JP Morgan offers and the equivalent that Amazon offers and pretty much everything on that page was Amazon. And, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, speaking candidly, data privacy, which is what we focus on huge at Halo, and that's the benefit of Halo's. We're independent agnostic. I'm not owned by any bank. My largest investor is Allianz, the global insurance company, but they do not have a board seat. They have no control over my data or our decisions. And we take that super serious at Halo because that data for all of us is critical and and it's mine it's my data i shouldn't be allowed to have someone else's take my data and use it against my use it against me and you hear about things of fifty thousand people listening to an amazon echo device without us even triggering it um your tagline is impact before profits tell us more about that it's a very good question you know halo is really founded on a social basis so as I mentioned, you know, my family has been very blessed and my co-founder is the former co-founder of Redbox, the movie rental kiosk, and, and he's an options quant. So we've both been, been very blessed in our lives. And when we saw structured products, it wasn't about, oh, let's insert technology to, to try to get our foothold into a $3 trillion market. It was about solving what I think and what we think, in our very humble opinion, is the world's second largest epidemic outside of opioids, which is the state of people's savings and retirement. As we talked about earlier on the podcast, People have access to stocks, they have access to bonds, and nothing in between. And that's a really serious problem as 10,000 people retire in this country every day. And, and so Halo was founded in the genesis of saying, wow, people like my family and my clients at, at Credit Suisse, we didn't need structured products, right? You know, we should be 80% equities and 20% bonds, and we're managing for four generations up. But once you're wealthy, you never go back, and volatility makes everybody sick, as I like to say. But that's not true for the retail and the massive foot. They're managing for retirement. They're not managing for four generations out. 
And it's been a huge struggle. And, and one of the reasons why I started Halo is actually a brother of one of my former clients who was, I went over to his house, he had a statement spilled all over his kitchen table. It was the first time I met him. And he said, Jason, I'm, I won't use the profanity, but I'm in a tough spot. <laughs> let's, let's swap out words. And I said, well, why is that? And he was worth 700, I'll never forget his name or his story. He was worth $720,000 and was a small business owner. His advisor and, and him blew out of the market so the worst time in 2009 because he had a line in the sand of what he wanted to be worth. And that line was hit in March of 2009, waited for the pullback that never came and missed out on most of the rally. So now he's in, he was sitting in a lot of cash, didn't want to go into equities because they were at all-time highs and he was nervous, didn't want to go into bonds because they were you know, at, at very low interest rates. And he's like, what do I do? And he's like, what kind of country is this? that I have $720,000 and I'm scared to retire. So he whittled down his annual spend to about $65,000 a year. And he's like, in my math, I'm going back to work in 10 years. And that is the reason why we started Healing. This is the United States of America. We should not be in that position, whether you're an advisor, whether you're retail, whether you're a high net worth, anybody, right? And, and I think that structured products is one small way to help alleviate that concern of allowing people that downside of investment protection, allowing people to get income in their portfolios and just having that level of comfort so they feel comfortable of investing in the stock market. And, and that's what impact before profits is, is. It's about creating a positive impact in the world. And, and that was the epiphany that I had at Credit Suisse. You know, I love the firm. I had a great practice. I had great clients. I had a great standard of living. I played golf 50 times a year and and, and I developed a very close relationship with my clients, but I literally had an epiphany and said, you know what, if I die today, and you know, not to get too deep on a podcast, but if I die today, and when I meet my maker, no matter who he, she, it is, right, did I leave the world a better place than how I found it? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I thought, no, I didn't. And using Halo is something that I thought could alleviate a major cause of stress, death, and divorce in this country, which is all financial related. And, and that is what we're doing. It's not just about structured products, it's about protective investing in general. You grew up in the, the land of what if, Silicon Valley. What, what was that like? It was fantastic. Uh, my father um, ran a number of technology companies, but you know, one of the big ones was a company that, that created uh, and pioneered the internet. They took it public in 99, and at the time it was the fifth most successful IPO in Wall Street history, and it was surreal. Right, and, and, and my father remains obviously my, my, my best friend. He's, he's also on my board and tough as nails, uh, but, but he, is, he provided a lot of guidance and influence in my life about, A, enjoy the journey, right? So, you know, this podcast is about being entrepreneurs, right, and, and running your practice. It's taking time to enjoy the journey. You know, we all grind. I still work over 100 hours a week. And, and taking time to reflect and, and appreciate the ride that you're on and what you're doing, which is so hard, right? I, I think it's something that he taught a good lesson. But also back then in Silicon Valley, it was a lot about making a change in the world. It wasn't about the Ferraris and the bottles of champagne and owning the Golden State Warriors. You know, after Redback's IPO, everyone still wore faded blue jeans and flannel shirts, and, and it was on to creating the next impact in the life. And I think that that's something that I associate myself and I can relate to as that's the whole mission about Halo. But I think when you look at Silicon Valley, they, they have a, it's a different feel. And I think that Chicago is right on the cusp of that feel. Cause actually when you look at that, look at the Valley, it's not overly convenient, right? Chicago is the most, you know, not to, to 
pontificate about Chicago, but it's the most convenient city, I think, in this country. Two hours, I'm in New York. Four hours, I'm in San Francisco. And with that is what we need and what you're starting to see is kind of a renaissance of venture capital. And, and that's what the Valley has. You know, that's where the angel was born, right? All these early companies like Intel and, and, and everyone else, Hewlett Packard, everyone made their money. And that money went back into the Valley and helped stimulate and start a lot of these VCs. And the VCs are the, the oil to the engine and, and really keep that machine running. And, and you're starting to see that in Chicago. We need more venture capital and, and we need to have that mindset that they do in Silicon Valley. And so, you know, Sequoia backed my, my father's companies. My dad was a venture partner, Benchmark Capital, which you know, did Uber and, and a lot of the other companies. And it's really funny when you talk to Jim Getz or Promote Hawk, from, who's the founder of Norwest, uh, or Andy Ratcliffe, who founded Benchmark. It's not about, oh gosh, I wanna, how much do I want to own of your company and I hope that I get a 50 to $100 million exit. They're, they're batting for the stars, right? They want the multi-billion dollar exits. And, and I think that that's a little bit more of the mentality that we need here in Chicago. Um, usually when we talk to people on the Permission to Succeed podcast, it, there's, there's a time in their lives when they, they kind of look at the mirror and say, hey, there's nobody coming. I got to go do this by myself or, or I'm giving myself permission. I get the sense that this happened for you very young. You're, you're absolutely right. It did before you even went to college? It was. You know, I, I, I grew up in, in the Valley mindset, right? Uh, my dad ran a lot of different technology companies in BC, and, and I lived it. And I also lived, you know, and, and saw the spoils, again, from an impact and a monetary perspective of, of what can, can happen when you bet on yourself, right? And, and for me, when I look at entrepreneurs and when I look at entrepreneurship, I, I see two different angles. Either you have a solution that's looking for a problem or you have a problem that needs a solution. And with Halo, it was, there's a major problem and I had a major social problem with that about investment democratization that needed a solution. And, and that, was, that was the genesis of Halo, but it was also a you know, big credit to my father and to Credit Suisse in general of allowing me to believe in myself, right? And you can't, you can't fear failure, right? You should always be playing offense and never playing defense. And, and that's something that we even talk about as, you know, Halo raised a, a very large round recently. And now is the time where you think about playing defense, about wow, great valuation, great impact, but no, now is the time to play offense. And, and I think it's all of us and all of our listeners of believe in yourself, right? You're smarter than you think, you're more talented than you think. And people like betting and being associated with people who believe in themselves. And I think that that's kind of a major trend that you're seeing even within, you know, the exodus from private banks to the independent advisor. As, as a client now sitting on the buy side, I like that. I associate myself with that. What are you going to feel like Halo's a success? It's, we get asked that question all the time, and, and ah. you know, I, uh, it's, a, it's a very good question, of course, but, uh, you know... For us, it's, it's about when we have Halo and 100 million accounts worldwide, that's when I feel like it's a success. Still a very small drop uh, when you look at global retail, but you know our next push is not just providing our technology to advisors, but it's about going direct to consumer. You know, it's the last product that hasn't been brought directly to consumer. 48% of Americans prefer to manage their own money. 52% don't. Um, and, and I think that that's where you receive and that you can deliver the ultimate impact. 
is that when you can go to the advisor, which I'm still a very big component on of using a financial advisor for all the reasons that we discussed, but for those who don't, they need even more help, right? Because they don't have the peace of mind and the professional investor to help guide their portfolios. And so when we hit that 100 million mark, that's when I feel like a success. And when we hit that, Doug, you're going to be asking me, okay, is it a success? And I'm going to say, no, now it's 500 million. So I hate to follow up a question you get asked all the time with another one, but where did Halo get from? Come from? Halo is uh, is funny. That's uh, that's that is a very good question. And so Halo is is protection around your investment portfolio, right? So putting a Halo around your portfolio and, and that sleep at night. Our dirty little secret, though, is we're also video game nerds. So when you come to our office, uh, Halo, the video game, the other world's most popular franchise, you'll see Master Chief, who's the main character of of Halo throughout our office and the Master Chief helmets and our Slack channels, all uh, Halo video game characters. I, my handle, uh, candidly on Slack, is JB Master Chief. Um, so we do like to have fun at Halo, and that's the benefit of, of a FinTech, right? Right. How do people find you guys? And so for us, you can find us uh, two different ways. One, you can obviously go to haloinvesting.com. You can learn all about Halo, sign up for a demo, and we have a full team of portfolio specialists who can walk you through the platform will even talk to your clients with you, uh, which, which we do a lot. Or, of course, um, you know, you can, if you're an individual, you can call your financial advisor. And if they haven't heard of Halo, ask them about Halo. You know, we, we're growing like wildfire, but there's still a lot more work to do around the world. So, so those are the ways to find us. Great. It's been absolutely fascinating talking to you and learning more about structured products and Halo. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Doug. I really enjoyed the podcast, and, uh, and I hope this was helpful. It was. For everyone at iris.xyz and the Permission is a Seed production team, this is Doug Heikinen. Thank you so much for joining us.